football. Julio Jones may be getting traded. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll talk about that and more. Um, I, I personally don't think a deal is going to get done. I don't think Julio Jones is going to get traded because the bottom line is this. You've got a, a, a lot of uh, concern about injury, and you've got a high – uh, a price tag, I think, that that, that Atlanta is going to have that's going to be too high for a lot of teams. Like, I don't see the, the Niners paying a first-round pick. I don't see a lot of these teams giving the Atlanta Falcons enough back to make it worth getting rid of that now situation that Julio brings to the table for a team that didn't go after a rookie quarterback, for a team that, that just signed a 20, what, 28-year-old running back to a pretty uh, big contract who has a short window of time, maybe one or two years. So with not going after a young rookie quarterback, with going after old uh, aging but pretty promising running back that blew up the internet uh, this week, um, it doesn't feel like a team that wants to get rid of Julio Jones. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I think the price tag is going to have to be really, really hefty for the, for the Falcons to be like, okay, we'll give them up. And I don't think a team's willing to pay a first-round type value although it wouldn't be shocking to me if if let's say there's a conditional first rounder involved in a team like the Niners might say you know what we'll give you a conditional first rounder if Julio plays x number of games if we make it to you know this stage in the playoffs whatever what's up media that to me is more of a realistic scenario that makes both parties interested it makes a team like the Niners say hey We'll give up a conditional first if Julio plays 15 games, 14 games, whatever. Um, they do have a first now, Sergio. They have a 2024 first. They can trade that first rounder now. There's a 2024 first they couldn't trade before the draft. Now that the draft's over, I do believe – correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but I believe they can trade that 2024 first rounder. Media, confirm that for me. Uh, they're good at wide receiver, especially a run-heavy team. Yeah, ha-ha. I agree. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's news. We're talking about it. And I, I also feel like it probably won't happen, but we're going to talk about it tomorrow on the quad box. Um, why in the hell would they accept? It? I'm just saying they have a first rounder that they could potentially give up. Um, but another team might give a con- conditional first rounder too. Who knows? Who knows? But I personally think a 32 year old player with hamstring issues, a, con- a foot concern, is probably not going to get a first-round pick. I don't think you're going to get a first-round pick for Julio, so that's, that's not my other point. But if, if you were to do a conditional pick, it, it would make more sense because then you could you could justify, hey, he did deliver this kind of value. It was worth the first-rounder. You would win a Super Bowl, potentially, with Julio Jones on the roster. And Julio Jones, you wouldn't need to do what he, he does in Atlanta or what he's done in Atlanta you wouldn't need him to bring that level of production in this offense. It would be like kind of a, a bigger version production wise than Antonio Brown being brought over uh, from, uh, you know, in, into a Tampa Bay Bucks situation where they literally didn't need Antonio Brown to drop like a 1200 yard and 10 TD season. But, but Antonio Brown was able to, to help um, in many ways that I think go unspoken, carry this team into a, uh, a position to win a Super Bowl, let alone win a Super Bowl. So do I think that Julio Jones could could do that for the Niners? Do I think Julio Jones could have a 1,000-yard a or 950-yard season with like eight touchdowns and kind of do in the touchdown department what he doesn't do in Atlanta, but maybe become some kind of touchdown guy in San Fran? Very, very possible. 
So I, I don't know what to make of it. Honestly, I, I don't, I, I put out a podcast a couple of days ago, man, there are people revving their like engines all over the place while I'm trying to move around and, and give you guys some better audio. It's distracting. Like, like what, what do people got to floor it for right next to my live stream? I'm in the middle of a live stream. It's distracting. I can't even hear myself talk. Um, every wide receiver in the league, when asked who's the best wide receiver, unanimous is Julio. Yeah, people say that, but he's not anymore. That's just like respect. People are pay, paying homage to that. He's not, he's not the number one wide receiver anymore. Julio Jones is definitely dropping off a little bit, not to mention probably will never play anything close to a full season again at that high level, at least. What's up, Double A? What up? What's good, Smitty? Hope you're doing well. I love Julio on this roster, but I think the Niners are going to get outbid. I don't know that he gets traded, period. I, I, again, it comes down to, will a team actually give up a first-rounder for him? And I don't think they would. It'd have to be conditional. there have to be something to, you know. But here's the thing. Here's why I was talking about the Niners. And, and Sergio, you're right. 2024 first-rounder is not that, not all that appealing when you compare to another offer, essentially. But if you're doing a conditional pick and you're like, hey, um, the player's got to play X number of games. we got to make it to this far in the playoffs or some kind of weird like structure to the deal that makes it conditionally turn into a first rounder. There's no better team than the Niners. Cause if Julio goes to the, to the San Francisco 49ers, they're going to be able to get the most out of them. They're probably going to be the most likely to keep them healthy because they're not asking them to do what other teams will essentially ask him to do. If he lands in, uh, you know, Indianapolis, they will ask him to do a lot and he'll be probably, more susceptible to injury. So if you're doing a conditional pick, San Fran is on its face the the best situation to do that with if you're the team looking for a conditional uh, pick. But um, I don't think he gets traded. What's good? What's good, people? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, hit me with some other questions. So Julio Jones, my final take, and then we'll move on. I don't I don't think a trade happens. I think that, again, like I said at the very beginning, the Falcons are built to, to win now. They're probably delusional in that they probably think they can, you know, head to the Super Bowl. We all know that they won't, right? But I, I think that because they believe they can, a midseason trade maybe before the trade deadline, if they start off with two wins, and they lose, you know, five, six games, whatever. And then they're like, let's trade Julio. I could see that happening. And I've gone on record saying if a trade happens, it's going to be a midseason trade. I don't really believe anything can happen. We certainly uh, uh, we certainly are not caught off guard anymore in this life that we now live post-COVID-19. Like, anything's possible. Like, I, I, nothing shocks me anymore at all. Um but I think most likely Julio will not be traded because the Falcons are built 
to win now with the older running back, older quarterback, like why are they going to rebuild half of their team and then, you know, try and play? I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. But logic doesn't always it's insert itself into the, the conversation. Sometimes teams make stupid moves and they're unpredictable. What's up, Big Jim? What round would I draft Lamar Jackson? I don't know that I'm drafting him this year, man, because I don't think I'd take him anywhere near his ADP, which is probably in the third round. And I'm not messing with that. I'd rather have Herbie. Give me Herbs. Give me Herbs in the fourth round. Give me Josh Allen at 3.8. I'm not going near Lamar. I feel like he's going to get hurt, man. I'm not going near Lamar. Big Jim in the house. What's up? There's a rumor I saw that Rodgers wants Jordan Love traded for him to state. Bro, bro. Double A, I don't know that I would. I mean, I suppose it could be true, but like, he's not worried about Jordan Love. <laughs> Unless Jordan Love did something to him, you know, like pissed in his locker or tried to take his girl. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think Aaron Rodgers even thinks about Jordan Love. Jordan Love ain't taking the job from nobody. Um, that guy's not ready. I've heard all kinds of things where like he's not even the guy they'd turn to necessarily if, if they, let's say they traded. A-Rod, I, I think it only have to be some kind of like beef bet- between them. And maybe that's true. Maybe that will come out. Uh, someone I'm most excited to see play the season, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Clyde. I want Clyde. I want the revenge tour of Clyde. Pitts could be somewhat of a Julio if Julio is traded. No, I mean, Pitts is going to be uh, – could he see an uptick if Julio goes? Certainly. But I think the tight end position is going to – be guaranteed a certain amount of volume anyway you know what I mean like could they run him could they use him differently maybe I I think I'd have to look at that once you know he if 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 Julio gets traded like what they're saying about how they're going to use Pitts but um I don't know that it changes too much man I think what what it does is it affects maybe Ridley more than it affects Kyle Pitts who will probably get you know x number of you know targets no matter what from his position I think the targets will probably be there uh, you think Pitts could? Okay, got that one. Hey, what's up, Leonardo? How do you feel about Camara this year without Breeze and possibly Winston? Um, I, you, you're forgetting the guy who I think will eventually be the starter, and that's Taysom Hill. They're paying Taysom Hill the bigger contract. Um, granted, it's all voidable each year, so they can get out of it, but they're paying him $140 million. So even if they can get out of that contract, that's a big contract, bro. Big commitment. They're paying him in my opinion, to be the starter. And they're also going to put him in at the goal line and anywhere probably near the red zone and taking out Winston more often than anybody probably is expecting. And that's going to leave Winston looking lesser because guess who's going to be scoring the touchdowns? Guess who's going to be looking good in their bread and butter area of where they dominate Taysom Hill. That's where his bread and butter is. And and you're not going to have him playing you know, from 20 to 20, but playing inside the 20s, 20 to the end zone, He's going to look pretty good. He's going to be right where he belongs, and Winston's going to be the guy that's going to be playing the place where the most mistakes will probably happen. And I think eventually Taysom Hill starts. But I'm not worried about Kamara. Kamara survived. Kamara had, what, 81 receptions, 81 receptions, and 81 receptions and back-to-back-to-back seasons his first three years in the NFL. And then last year, in the so-called collapse of Alvin Kamara's PPR value he outdid himself and what was it 86 or 87 I think it was like 86 receptions or whatever he outperforms his 81 you know he's tied every year it's 81 81 81 
craziest thing in the world to get 81 receptions for three straight years. But he has 86 or whatever. He beat it. And everyone's worried about Alvin Kamara. Everybody's worried about a guy who had six touchdowns and 150 or whatever he had in week 16. They used him on the ground more as they, I think, are transitioning a tiny bit into a more run-oriented uh, offense, or they'll run at least a little more. And they kind of wanted to test drive that out in week 16, which was really nice. 83, thank you. Um, that's pretty nice to see. You know, kind of like when Dalvin Cook, when we knew that they were going to do this run-heavy system, Minnesota in like weeks, I don't know, was it 15, 16, and 17, they tried out their new offense heading into Dalvin Cook's breakout year in what, 20, was it 2018, 2019, 2018? I forget. That year that we predicted on the show that Dalvin Cook would be a top five running back. It's in the intro of the video. Um, that that uh, that was similar in my opinion. They tested out the offense at the tail end of that year. We got a, a chance to see, oh, okay, that's what Dalvin Cook did. He looked pretty good. The offense was running good. We knew what they were going to come into the next year with. Dalvin Cook was going to explode. I think it was 2018 that that happened, and then 2019 was the breakout year, right? So Dalvin Cook, we got a big taste of it. I think we got a taste of what the Saints might want to do more with Camaro, which is run him on the ground. And and the other thing people aren't thinking about is that Alvin Kamara didn't have a chance. Please hit the thumbs up on your way in and 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 uh, wipe your feet at the front door, please. I mean, I got 11, 11 thumbs up and we got 25 to like 30, 40 people in here in and out like. Please take off your feet, your shoes, and wipe your feet. Um, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara had a Taysom Hill come in that was not prepared to be a quarterback. He was the backup quarterback, but yet he didn't practice as the quarterback. He wasn't listed as the backup quarterback. That's why I forget who told me in our in this live stream actually. Uh, no, it was on a clubhouse. Because I always wonder why when. Breeze went down. Taysom Hill didn't go in the game when he was the guy they wanted to be the, the starter. It was because he wasn't listed as a quarterback. He couldn't actually go into the game that game. So they had to wait until the next game, list him as a quarterback. But point being is Taysom Hill didn't prepare as a quarterback. Okay. So when you don't prepare as a quarterback, how do you expect a guy like Alvin Kamara that, that, that feeds off of planned dump offs, and, and plays that are designed to get Alvin Kamara the football, how do you expect Alvin Kamara to survive at his same usage level and production level when his quarterback doesn't know the plays? His quarterback doesn't know the plays. Taysom Hill is preparing as a starter, as a starting quarterback, preparing as a quarterback all offseason long. That is fantastic news. That means that he's going to be on the same page with Alvin Kamara that means that Taysom Hill is going to know the offense a lot better than he did last year. And those things explain why Kamara vanished in the PPR game because Taysom Hill couldn't run the same plays that Breeze would run. So that answers that question there. I haven't heard your take on Devontae Smith for Dynasty yet, bro. I've got a ton of it out there. Tony, I'm glad to see you, man. Good to see you here. Tony, we got a lot to, to recap. Um, any, any, any predictions for Deshaun Watson, Tony? I'd love to hear what you're thinking on that. My Devontae Smith prediction is this guy's going to be a top six wide receiver in fantasy football in one and a half years. We'll, we'll say one to one and a half years. That means heading out of, so we have a full rookie year. 
And either we feel that way about him heading into this time next year, heading into 2022 or by like midway through the year. So I'm going to give it a one, uh, no change, 33% chance that he plays 2021 at all. And uh, do you think there's almost a guarantee that he misses at least half a year, even if he, if he settles on all the cases? Um, so Devontae Smith, Tony, I see as a top six fantasy football wide receiver in one to one and a half years. So, uh, what do you say? Turkey, call him a turkey. Big Tony Turkey coming through. Look at Silver with the autocorrect. <laughs> Way to piss off Tony the Tiger, bro. Yes, 2021 at all. 33%. And yes, he will miss at least four games, probably eight, is Tony's prediction, even if he settles every one of the cases. But Tony, the, 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 the concern I have, man, and we talked about this before, was that Deshaun Watson... I mean, to get all 20, I believe two people dropped out, but to get all 20 to 22 people, however, depending on how many are left, to agree, all of them, I, I just don't know how it's going to happen. Like, Tony, do you, is that common that, that tw over 20 people will be, like, talked into settling? I mean, they're all in civil for a reason, right? Civil is monetary. But are some of them in civil court because there was no criminal anything criminal being looked at and they wanted to provoke that or, or is like in your mind, all, all 100% of them in it for the money. So they will settle. Like, I'm curious to know how like, I can understand if there's two or three people or one person that settlements like 99% likely, right? Like you said, at 95, I think 95 to 98% of all civil cases get settled is what I think you threw out there when you're on the show. But what 20, Individual cases, yes, consolidated, but individual. What is the percentage, Tony, in your mind that 20 of them would settle? It can happen. Depends largely on the degree to which the attorney um, is the leader. Okay. You mean like if he's like from the beginning being like, okay, let's all do this. Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do this. And he pulled all 20 of them in and said, I'm going to get you some money. Follow my lead. I think I'm picking up what you're throwing down, Tony. Um, but what I do want to say about Devonte Smith, while you're here and you're asking the, the the good question, where do I rank the man? This dude is electric. This dude can go and get a jump ball as good as anybody already in the NFL. And maybe Jamar Chase and him, you could argue, are going to be the top two jump ball uh, players in the next decade. Like Devonte Smith knows how to get a football. Devontae Smith knows how to manipulate defenders and the space around him and dominate the space around him. I don't care if Devontae Smith is 165 to 175 pounds. I don't care if they got to water him down and shove him on the field to get him at a playing weight that everybody's comfortable with. I could care less what people feel about his weight. We've heard a bunch of D-backs already support his weight and say that it doesn't matter. We've seen other NFL players say, I don't care about his weight. Coach Hugh Jackson doesn't care at all about his weight. I had him on the show. I can't find anybody that I, I trust with a lot of confidence that, that I go to for answers myself that are saying they're worried at all about his weight. When I go to an NFL player, when I go to a former NFL player or a current NFL player and I talk to them and I've had a number of conversations with people, whether it's beyond, it would be on Clubhouse or Spaces Conversation um, or my boy, uh, Barry, who came on the show the other day, um, 
and and we talked about this former Ravens uh, running back, Super Bowl, uh, uh, Super Bowl champ, former Super Bowl champ. He came on my show, and you guys saw this on Tuesday, and we talked about uh, Devonte Smith, and he has no concerns whatsoever about Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith can find a way to get open. Devonte Smith will not get dominated at the line of scrimmage. He will not get dominated in press coverage. In fact, he did the opposite at the, the college level. And you could say, oh, the college level is different than the pro level. What what earth do you, what world do you live in where you think you can talk about that, like you can't then have to defend it for every other college player coming out? When when somebody says that to me, I, I, I'm like scratching my head for like 10 minutes when, when they say to me, Smitty, okay. I know what you're saying. You're saying Devontae Smith dominated press coverage at the college level. And FBS, he was the number one, I, I believe the number one FBS college football player in press coverage at yards, receptions, and touchdowns, I believe. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I believe he was number one in all three stat categories in press coverage. Number one. And... And people have the audacity to come to me and say, Smitty, but that was at, that was at the college level. He's going to get dominated on the line at the pro level. How do, you, how do you have a conversation with somebody that talks about college stats and says, yeah, but in the pros it will be different? That's the way it is for every single player that's coming out of college. You can't speak about it with Devontae Smith and not about other players. You can't talk about how – that won't work when he dominated the people at his level. As you progress through professional sports, even as you progress through high school and middle school, when you're on a whole nother level than other people, it carries with you as you get to each, each additional level. Devontae Smith is bringing a particular set of skills, skills he's acquired over a long career, skills that make him a nightmare for DBs, and people that keep saying stuff about him, he's going to run circles around people. He's You can't even get your hands on him. His footwork and quickness and ability to get open are unmatched coming out of college football. He had more than 600 yards, more than any other player in FBS. Over 600 more receiving yards than any other player in FBS. And people are still talking smack about this guy, acting like he can't do this at the next level that there's going to be some change that happens where you dominate, you dominate people around you, you dominate at this level, you dominate at that level. Oh, but when you go to the next level, guess what? You're not going to have that edge anymore. We're just going to take it from you because we don't like how much you weigh. Devontae Smith's going to tear it up and be elite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, just saw the title of the video. If Julio goes to the Niners, I honestly, I'm honestly done with any of the receiving options, including Kittle. I can understand being worried about that. Gallup, Gallup, scallop potatoes and CD lamb chops ain't happening. Not sure what that means. 
Tony says, dude, thank you. I keep hearing the analytics guys saying Devontae is a beta, but I thought it was the best water. Yeah, bro. Let me tell you one thing, Tony. I've been doing this 19 years. I hear it all the time. I hear people say, I, 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 I was back when Adrian Peterson was drafted. I remember hearing he's too tall. He's too upright. Adrian Peterson won't translate. He's too tall. You know, it won't work. Like everybody talking about these body styles and frames not coming over and translating. Kyler Murray's too short. Um, you know, Rondell Moore is going to be another one. Rondell Moore is too short. 5'7". Can't work. Tyreek Hill's not that much taller than him. Tyreek Hill's probably 5'8". Five, 5'8 eight, five, eight and a half. Rondell Moore is a 4.29 runner. Probably you could argue just as quick and fast as Tyreek Hill. 4.29. Rondell Moore squats over 600 pounds. That's more than most linemen squat. He squats over 600 pounds. The dude is going to be amazing. And everybody talking about weight, everybody talking about size, none of that matters. And I know people will reference Hollywood Brown and how Hollywood Brown failed. You know why Hollywood Brown failed and is continuing to fail? It's his quarterback. It's Lamar Jackson. And everybody thinking that Bateman and and and, and Williams and, and this receiving crew, Watkins, is going to produce consistently I think they're kidding themselves because Lamar doesn't produce wide receivers like that he doesn't lean on people heavily and over flood somebody with targets that's not Lamar's game and and so Hollywood Brown that's on me because I thought Lamar was going to develop differently in his in in last year coming into that year we would develop a little bit more as a passer figure out how to lock onto a guy like Hollywood Brown Lamar can't do that. And so for everybody to look to Hollywood Brown as a blueprint for failure because he's too small, Hollywood Brown is really good, you guys. Anybody still doubting him talent-wise, there's nothing I can say to you because we, we don't have any evidence to the contrary. But I can tell you that Hollywood Brown in the right spot would have been something special. And I still believe that he could find his way into – a situation in time where he could be, but you know, windows close fast in the NFL and Hollywood Brown probably won't ever develop into what we thought he could become, but there were flashes of it. You know, even as a rookie in week one flashes of it, like this dude could be electric in the NFL. Tony, I think you're onto something with that. Uh, Stafford is going to ball in LA. Uh, one of those Ram, Ram wide receivers is wide receiver. One material is it cups cup woods. You don't know. Hollywood has a case of the drop season, in your opinion. I mean, how much of it is a, a, a throw in, in the situations that Lamar puts him in, though? Because I've seen that guy train, and Hollywood Brown catches a ton. His footwork's amazing. He's quick. He's on point. You know, he. there was a point during the year where Hollywood Brown was so frustrated with Lamar. And, and we could blame the drops on him. We could blame the drops. We don't know. We don't know. But I think Lamar, the point is, coming into 2021 – don't trust Lamar to, to create Bateman into a turn Bateman into a star. I'm not doing it. St. Brown. I like Brown. Uh, to address Goff, um, is Mahomes the number one overall pick in a 10 team super flex redraft? Uh, you can make a case for McCaffrey still. You can make a case for Josh Allen, even if you wanted, but, but 
he's in that conversation. No question about it. It all depends on how you draft, you know, your strengths as a drafter in a super flex league and the trending in your league. There are some super flex leagues where you can land uh, an Aaron Rodgers, even in this 2021 season, you can land Aaron Rodgers and Jalen Hurts in rounds four and five. Um, and there's other super flex leagues where literally Stafford and, um, Baker Mayfield are gone by the beginning of the third or the middle third. So it totally just depends um, on the league. It totally depends on a lot of different things that I can't really answer for you. So my advice would be to, uh, to make sure you know a little bit of the history uh, behind your league before you take anybody's advice um, as if it's like, you know, fact and law. So, so, but, but in general, generally speaking, uh, absolutely, Mahomes in a, in a super flex, uh, especially a mandatory two, two QB league. But in a super flex league, he does command number one to four overall value. Um, as for Stafford, I'm going to probably put Stafford in a category of like seven to 12 overall for quarterbacks in 2021. I know that probably will upset some people who think he's five to six or whatever. But my, my thinking with Stafford is that he's going to take a little time to get adjusted and build rapport with those wide receivers and that and, and learn that offense. He's smart enough. He's a veteran. I think he could cer- certainly be that guy that everybody's like, damn, what a year. You know, top five is possible. Uh, but, but I don't know that I draft him where I'm drafting top five guys. So if I can get away with him later, I do agree. I do like Stafford a lot. But I'm definitely not going to hold out hope that he just, you know, kicks it off strong. Look at look at uh, Tom Brady. Granted, we had COVID last year, but Tom Brady took a little time to get adjusted and, and grew with his wide receivers. And he's, he's you know, one of the uh, uh, best quarterbacks of all time. And it took him a lot of time to, to develop and, and get that, that rapport built. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Stafford early on. I think by, by midseason, he'll be firing on all cylinders. But that's a good topic. Uh, McCaffrey, when healthy, in my opinion, is a huge positional advantage at running back. Yep, I agree, Brennan. Put them in order. Higgins, Boyd, Chase. Chase, even a redraft, especially in Dynasty. In Dynasty, it's not even close. Not even a conversation in Dynasty. But in redraft, I'm still putting Chase number one. I'm putting Higgins number two and Boyd number three. And you might say, well, but Higgins has all this upside and potential. Well, I'm sorry, but so does Sutton. Portland Sutton, but Jerry Judy's taken over. It's Jerry Judy's team. And, and the same thing with Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase, you could you could argue, has more rapport than even Higgins does with Burrow. So give me give me the guy that played with him in college. Give me the guy that knows him like the back of his hand. Give me the guy that made Jamar Chase into the player he became in college and, and the, the high prospect he became coming into 2021. Smitty hop on the Darnell Mooney hype train. I'm uh, bro. I'm already on that train. I love Mooney. Mooney's great. Mooney's one of the best late, and you can get him late. I have an ADP ranking up, and Mooney's not even in the, in the top 150, uh, 147. I think I go to 147. Mooney's not even listed in the top 147. So you want to talk about one of the bigger sleepers in 2021? It's Mooney. You don't have to talk me into that, bro. I'm already. I'm already. I'm already on that train. Don't you see me? I'm not in the exact front. You know, like I won't call myself the conductor of that one like I will with Lamb or other players, but I'm definitely I've been on the train for a while, bro. You just keep walking by me. Um thoughts on Watson's situation. Dan, you just missed Tony the Tiger. 
Tony was on here talking about it a little bit with us, and he said 33% chance he plays it all in 2021. And there's uh, a high, I forget what he said, if it was 100% chance or just pretty darn uh, guarantee, almost a guaranteed chance that even if he does play in 2021, and let's say they settle, um, let's say they settle on all 20 of the cases. And in that settlement, Tony, if you're still here, correct me if I'm wrong, but in that settlement, you would have in writing uh, information that says that the Sean Watson did nothing wrong. And so that would then essentially kill any potential um, uh, criminal investigation. But even in that scenario, that's the best case scenario for Deshaun Watson. Even in that scenario, you're talking about a guy that's probably going to get suspended four to eight games at a minimum for putting the league in a bad place, for admitting that he was actually consensually, he says, involved in pretty much most of what was going on. That is a bad light to be in. That certainly did not put the NFL in the right place. And they could probably say to him, "There are uh, Tony, I don't know if you're still here, but I'm sure there are conduct policies he broke by reaching out to all these people, uh, you know, in a way that I'm sure there's somewhere in writing, like, this is what you do in this kind of situation. You go to our people that we have listed for this, this, and this, or something for, for you know, the the massage stuff and all that. I'm sure there's somewhere in writing that they could concoct and, and no pun intended, uh, pull up and say, you know, you you violated this, boy. You violated this. You shouldn't have done this. It goes against this policy or this this conduct. Um code of conduct or whatever, there's got to be what he did going and reaching out to these individual people one after the other, after the other, regardless of whether it was consensual, was probably going to be a problem for the NFL. So they're going to suspend him. Uh, Tony says, yes, each release will include a specific denial of any tort or criminal action. Tony, I'm looking behind me. Just if I, something happens to me tonight, you're going to, you're going to prosecute whoever, Whoever shanks me from behind. I got I got robbed one time at gunpoint in the parking lot. So I I have I have like my head on a swivel. You know, I, I'm not I'm not scared, but I certainly I certainly do the swivel and I can kind of see behind me with the camera, but uh yeah, I had a dude point right one right at my head and and he was shaking and he was supposed to, I think he was supposed to to, to put an end to, to senior Smitty, but he got scared. He was shaking like crazy. <laughs> it was a few years ago. I really want to believe Watson here, but reaching out to a massage therapist on Instagram when he definitely has a top training staff that won't take care of that will take care of that is super sketch. Yeah, it, and I mean it fits a profile for um for somebody that wants to impress and wow everybody, and then that fits the profile for what is being claimed a little bit. So innocent until proven guilty for sure. But there's definitely a profile there for somebody that that one after the other says, sign this non-disclosure, you know, and come over to, you know, massage Deshaun like that. That's definitely. (laughs) Thankfully you're all right, Smitty. Yeah. I, I would have never, this is before, this is right before I started in the fantasy industry. So it was a number of years ago. Um, and this is not, this is not the same story 
as, and even Tony couldn't have got me out of this trouble, but this isn't the same story as when I got um, thrown into the back of a Federale cop car in Tijuana um, when I was uh, 21, no, 20, I think I was 20 years old. I was cuffed, hogtied, tossed in the back of, <laughs> of a Federale car, driven into an alley and robbed blind by, <laughs> by the Federales. And Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's nothing you could do for me. Uh, if, if I ever did go missing, I would definitely have, have, I would, you know, if I was missing in jail in, in, in Tijuana and they gave me a phone call, I would call a relative, you know, and say, get a hold of Tony, the tiger, get him down here. ASAP. <laughs> they have no filing system down there. They just throw you in a jail and it costs like what? 20 grand, Tony, for a family member to come find you. He's not licensed in Mexico. <laughs> I'm not going back. Don't worry. I haven't returned to Tijuana uh, or anywhere in Mexico. I haven't crossed that border ever since I got hogtied and, and robbed blind uh, by by the, the the wonderful men in uniform. <laughs> that that cold dark night. Um, any more crazy stories? I, I I told everybody my my uh, my uh, Taco Bell story when I was uh, 16 years old. My first job was Taco Bell. And, uh, guys, I was, I was always five. I'm six, two now, six, two, six, two and a half, probably shrunk a little bit. I'm probably six, two now. Um, I slouch, but, uh, I was a Taco Bell. I was five foot, you know, two, five foot one, pretty much most of high school. I was like five foot six, maybe my end of my junior year. And then I sprouted up and I grew two inches in college, believe it or not. I was a late bloomer, man. I didn't have, I didn't have an ounce of chest hair on me until I was in college. Like I, I was a late bloomer. And uh, so I was five foot one, sitting there, getting that that taco bag ready for this high group of high school football players, varsity seniors driving through. And, and just so happened my my where I was living was far away from my school, so this was not my school. This was a school that I knew about. It was a rough school, kind of near the Taco Bell. And they pull up and they're like, "Give us our bag," you know. And they they said a word. They call me a, a p word, you know. Give us the bag, you. And uh, so I, I, I gave him the bag and I go, what? And they just like stopped and said, you know, what time you what time you get off? And I'm like, I'm not telling you. Like, what time you get off? And I'm like, I'm not telling you. And so they're like, we'll be back. And they peeled out. And then so I called my brother, called my brother. You know, he's a senior. I was a freshman. Um, he went to my school, though. But I'm like, you know, I can get my brother down here. He'll he'll escort me out of the building, at least, you know, into my car. These guys come back. Can't get a hold of them for anything. And all of a sudden, he ironically, five minutes later, pulls up in a truck with all of his buddies. And they're like, bro, what's up? And I'm like, oh, my God. you Like, saving the day. My brother's here. All of his friends. Roughest dudes you ever meet. Like, these guys, like, going rough up a party. They, you don't let them into a party. They'll go in and steal your cake. Like, the, these are rough dudes that my brother's with. I'm like, I'm, I'm saved. So... They're like, we'll be back. I told them all about it. They're like, we'll be back, like screaming and cussing in the back of the pickup. And I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm feeling like, a, you know, like I've got, you know, the Avengers coming. And then, you know, hours go by and all of a sudden we start to lock up. And then all of a sudden you hear on the glass. And the whole football team, you know, is lined up with the cars. on. It was like it was like a movie. All the lights were on in a circle. And, you know, here's this five foot one freshman about to get blasted by this senior. I'd like to meet him today. If, you, if you're watching Frank, 
Meet me, meet me in the parking lot right now, Frank. I'm ready. I'm grown up now, boy. I'm ready. Um, but Frank, uh, I, that wasn't his name. I don't know his name. So they're all lined up and I'll call my brother. No answer, no answer, no answer. He never showed. None of them showed. So I had to squeeze out that little, t- you know, Taco Bell, those little tiny drive through windows, they're tiny. I squeezed out that Taco Bell window, you know, just this way, me and Sanjay. I had to take Sanjay home to cook. And uh, we escaped out of there. Brother passed out. They all passed out drunk. They never showed up. I was all by myself. And uh, I slipped out of there, though. Those guys didn't see me coming. I was like, I was like Nico Hardman, just, just slipped right out past everybody. Uh, yeah, born and raised in Arizona. All right, enough of that. Hit me with some fantasy questions before I head out for the night. Uh, somebody's pretty tall. Yeah, I'm tall now. You hear me, Frank? You hear me, Frank? I'm ready for you, Frank. I'm gonna take Frank. I'm gonna take Frank down to Tijuana and introduce him to my my friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tony. I'll keep that in mind. You're not licensed in Arizona, or I'm sorry, Mexico. But to- Tony's. <laughs> Can you reach out to Tony Turley, <laughs> please? Uh, I'm never going back. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm I'm not scared of much. I'm not scared of much. I'm I'm barely scared of parking lots anymore. And I've been I've had a gun to my head. I'm barely scared of parking lots, but, <laughs> but I I'm a I'm a little tiny tiny bit afraid of going to Tijuana. <laughs> Just a little bit. Smitty, be nice to Frank. He now lives in a trailer park, has a pregnant girlfriend and and six kids. Yeah, Frank's probably not too happy. Frank. Frank, after high school, I'm, I'm sure Frank took a turn. I think Drew Locke hasn't been given a proper chance to succeed. Maybe, Dan, but I don't like Drew Locke at all. And and I went on record pretty hardcore heading into that season saying Locke would fail, and Locke is not the answer. Locke is not good. Locke is not the answer. Jerry Judy still doesn't have his starting quarterback either on the roster or he's buried like Tannehill. And for whatever reason, we're not noticing it. But the starting quarterback, the future of that Denver Bronco passing attack, in my, in my opinion, is not currently on the roster. And Judy just needs to survive another year, develop, get kind of near that top 12 wide receiver range, which I believe he still can do because Judy is that good. There are multiple NFL backs in the NFL that have said Jerry Judy is the best uh, route runner in the entire NFL. And that's off of his rookie year. There are multiple defensive backs that have said that there are a lot of people that talk about this guy. He was one of the highest touted route runners coming out of college in the last decade. And Jerry Judy, you can talk about drops all you want. Devontae Adams dropped footballs. Everybody drops footballs. And he also had a carousel of QB garbage and drew Locke throwing him the football. Let's not judge him dropping the ball. Too harshly, Jerry Judy is going to be uh, a top 10 wide receiver in the future, and he's one of the biggest deals. I got a video dropping tomorrow. It's ADP. It's about my ADP. You can get my ADP on sleeperu.com, sleeper, the letter u.com. You can also get it on smitty1.com, and that ADP is sortable. You can filter it. It has five sources. It uh, You can sort it by position. You can search by name. Um, you can compare three, four, five, six people and narrow it down to just those people. So you can, you know, get rid of all the peripheral stuff. It's the best ADP tool you can find. Go to smitty1.com 
and click that freaking uh, uh, link at the top that says uh, ADP. Check it out, load it, give it a give it a test run. I guarantee you, it's the best ADP tool you've ever run across in fantasy football. And so on that ADP tool, go ahead and on the drop down, select Jerry Judy or search for him in the search box or just find him in the one. I don't know. It's got to be like the hundred, like hundred range or yeah, somewhere around there. Jerry Judy, like steel, steel, absolute monster steel of 2021. Um, there, there, there are about four, about three or four guys I identi- identify in this video that drops tomorrow. It's breaking. The video is going to be called like breaking down the ADP, finding league winners in ADP. Who are the league winners in fantasy football? Looking at ADP, that's what the video is going to be about. And Jerry Judy is one of the players I identify as a league winner based on ADP. Last time I saw Frank, he was selling Pokemon. He might be. Man, if Watson goes to Denver, it'll probably require Jerry Judy to go to Houston. No, no, I don't. I don't think they would do that. Um, they sent Sut- Corlin Sutton before they send Jerry Judy. And for some reason, people think Sutton's going to be better than Judy. I have no idea why. Um, I'm a very novice film grinder compared to the mo- most, and I watch Jerry Judy run routes, and my jaw drops to the floor. He's amazing. At a boy, Matt. Rank these sleeper tight ends: Cook, Troutman, Blake, Jarwin, and Cole Komet. Probably, I'd probably go. Um, I'd probably go Cook. I don't know how how involved he's going to be. I hope he's involved. I hope he's healthy. I hope he ends up being a target hog because I think I think there's enough passes to go around to make someone kind of shockingly good in 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 LA, and it could be Cook. Cook could have a big year, or he could completely not be targeted like we think. I, I don't really know how I'm, I'm going, uh, what direction I'm going yet. I would say Komet probably next because I think he's got the talent, but it, with his situation, I don't know either. I don't know that any of those guys feel rock solid. I think the two steals of, well, the num- I'd say the number one steal in 2021 for, for tight ends, and I talk about this on the ADP show that I'm dropping tomorrow, and that's Bobby uh, Tunyon, Robert Tunyon, Bobby Boy Tunyon going in like the hundreds, man. Like why? He's the number four tight end last year. He had 11 touchdowns. He had he had Aaron Rodgers completely beginning a, a nice rapport with him, and he didn't get fed as much in the beginning of the year. As A-Rod started to trust him, Bobby Boytunyan became more heavily involved, and I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't really know why why people are sleeping on him. I don't get it. Fins to win the AFC East. I don't know. I mean, it's possible, bro. It's possible. Smitty, your biggest bull prediction this year. Your biggest bull or bold? Biggest bull prediction? I mean, Super Bowl prediction or your biggest bull prediction? I've got them all. I've got a lot of them out there. The Most of them you will find on sleeperu.com. That's why I have the site. That's why I sell the content on there. But you're going to find C.D. Lamb on a lot of my content for bold predictions. So he's going to be one of them. Uh, and, and I love acquiring C.D. Lamb in every single league I'm in. But this this ADP video is going to have a lot of them too, bro. So watch it. It drops tomorrow on YouTube. It's my ADP league winner video. Gronk late all day. Gronk's okay late. I don't mind that. But it's not. I don't know if I'd say it's a steal. Rank the Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Steelers. So 
I've talked about the uh, NFC North quite a bit, and uh, right, AFC North quite a bit, and I think the AFC North is not as tough as people like to suggest it is. I think the AFC North has some weaknesses, and and I think that all all four of these teams have the potential to take a tumble. The AFC North is not the toughest division in the NFL. The NFC West is the Niners, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Rams. You find me a division that has four teams like that that could probably make the playoffs if you spread them out into other divisions. The NFC West is by far, just like Brandon just said right now, the toughest division in the NFL. The AFC North is not. The AFC North can 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 tumble a little bit. I think the Browns probably win the division. I think I think the Ravens probably probably finish second. And I think the Bengals push whoever finishes second, they push them for second. They they may not finish there yet. They may need another year. The Bengals are gonna turn heads, I think. I'm not saying they're gonna win the division, but but I'm placing a little monetary uh, little little uh, little little nugget on that one because I think it's like twenty three hundred um, plus twenty three hundred or something for the Bengals to win their division and I it's not that crazy Pittsburgh fell apart last year fell off the face of the earth Big Ben who knows what we're getting um, Lamar Jackson completely vanished the first half of the year we've seen him falter that could happen again the Browns are the Browns man they look turned around they have a good defense they had a good draft probably that's why I'm, I'm leaning because of their draft I'm leaning back in the direction of okay they're the more likely to win the the division in 2021 but is anybody like would you bet your house that Baker wouldn't like falter no you wouldn't so it's it's a, a susceptible division in my opinion 49ers favorite in the NFC if they get Julio, I I would say yes. AFC North is second, though. I don't think so, bro. I don't think the AFC North is second. I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I think you know, based off two teams. If you talk about like the AFC West, um, you talk about the AFC West. You got the Chiefs and the and the, and the Chargers alone. You know, I feel like have that have that potential to be called the best division just for those two teams like I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with that I know a lot of people don't think the Chargers are going to be what I think they're going to be but I think the Chargers I think they're going to make Herbert potential MVP candidate right from the beginning of the year um, so I, I don't know I, I just don't think the AFC North is as tough as everybody thinks it is I just don't um, I think you know there are a lot of tough divisions but the only one that feels like tough from top to bottom the only one is the NFC West with the Cardinals, the Niners, the Rams, and the Seahawks. Every single one of those teams could potentially make the playoffs in a different division. And it's going to be weird, like, at the end of the year with these records, if they're all, especially with the extra game, if they're all above 10 wins, double-digit wins, what the hell happens? Like, this could be a weird year where you have 10, 11 wins, you don't make the playoffs. Chargers got nine... 10 wins in them. I think the Raiders and Broncos are falling apart, though. True. But I think the Chargers and Chiefs alone are are going to make that division crazy good. Trade review, Mac Jones, um, Amon, Davis Mills for Deshaun Watson and Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I take Mooney, bro. Mooney and Watson. I mean, 
there's still upside with Watson for sure. And I, I'm not even a big fan of, of acquiring Watson at all, but it's a pretty damn good. Find me a sleeper. Find me, find me on sleeper and the Chargers. Ryan said, "I don't know what that means, bro. Wish Andrew Luck would come back." Says Dan. Can you imagine if he came back? Uh, I'd like to see him in Denver. Herbert for MVP. Damn straight, Brian. Damn straight. I think Julio should go to the Colts. He could. That's definitely a team that mighty buffoon that might end up uh, landing him if he does get traded. They might be a team that might overpay because they, they think they feel like they can win now. And they could. They get Julio. The Colts are talked about on a whole different level, in my opinion. Anyone that says AFC North is the hardest division is trying to justify a fall from grace after 11-0. and zero. 49ers favorites in the NFC. They get Julio. I think I'm caught up on the questions here. Imagine Luck. Imagine Luck plays at tight end. <laughs> Drew Locke. Julio to the Titans would be dope, says Tyler. I don't think any of us fantasy guys want Julio in Tennessee, man. There's not a lot. There's, I don't want to see him diminish the value of, of A.J. Brown, and I think he would. I think he would a little bit. I don't know how much, but I, I certainly wouldn't think it would be a good thing. Like, I worry a little bit about Corey Davis being gone and Jomie Smith because now defenses might key on A.J. Brown. Um, it's a little bit of a worry, but – I don't know that I want the replacement of those two options to be Julio. Then again, will Julio even stay healthy for a full year? Maybe it would be good. Maybe it'd be okay. Luck will come back and join Bruce and the Bucks after Tom retires. Luck's gonna have a, Luck's window is pretty much closed, bro. Like it, it, maybe he could come back now and we'd have a debate about it. I don't know. It'd be definitely debated. Nobody'd be like, "That's he's he's gonna be the you know top five guy." Like there'd be a lot lot of debate about it like whether he'd still have it did, did he did his talent diminish while he was off like luck how old is luck can somebody look that up how old is luck it would be interesting but he's gonna have to do it quick not when tom brady retires in four years tebow in the late in the last round i don't know bro it depends on the scenario i i haven't drafted him i i, I can't draft him but you never know A.J. Brown, wide receiver, one season. He could be the number one wide receiver, bro. Tim Tebow, top five. I love how everyone's on A.J. Brown, though, this year. Like, it feels good because he was, like, the face of the entire content from last year. Him and D.K. Metcalf were, like, the face of the show. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll admit my my faults in, in you know, Clyde over Zolaire, but everybody missed on Clyde. It wasn't like I was the only one on <laughs> Clyde. But that was scenario, that situation. I think that'll all get rectified this year, especially at 3.5, 4.1 value. Clyde's a steal. Only 31. He's 31. He's still got time. I stand a little corrected on that one. I, I thought he'd be more like 33, 30, like 31. 31? I was not expecting 31. I was expecting 33, 34, turning 34, 31. He could still do it. He could still come back. We need to start beating that drum. Luck, get on over to Denver, bro. Get on over to Denver or Jacksonville. They could use a tight end when Tebow retires. Or Bill Belichick might want to run a three tight end set. Come back, Luck. Come back. 
God, 89. He'll be 32 during the regular season. That's interesting, Buffoon. Thanks for dropping that knowledge from the mighty Buffoon College. Calvin Ridley. It's not Calvin Ridley's name. Bump if Julio leaves. Dan, this is a great question. Great question. If Julio leaves, I kind of feel like I feel like Pitts will be – I feel like Pitts being there helps. I think if Julio had left full-time, like gone, you know, traded, not there, the presence, his, his the thought of him being around, him coming back, like I would have been a little worried like I am a little worried about A.J. Brown getting keyed on. I'm not saying defenses will have a ton of success keying on A.J. Brown because the man's a dominant dude. He's like Calvin Johnson dominating space around him. Later, Tony. I appreciate you, man. Keep coming back, bro. I want to see you here often. It, it helps the show out. We love seeing you in here, Tony. Everybody give Tony a round of applause. Um, I think Ridley will be fine. If, if Julio gets sent packing, then Kyle Pitts will help alleviate any double team concerns that I have. And Mike Davis is a good PPR back, so I'm okay. I'm okay with Julio leaving. It could help Ridley. And we saw Ridley do well when when Julio was out and Julio wasn't doing well. So I do feel like it's probably a better thing for Julio to leave than to stay. And in some cases you wouldn't want, you know, like Corey Davis and, and Jonu Smith both leaving was, I think, potentially not what it's going to as good as good a news as people make it out to be. It still could be okay. It might not affect them much, but it's definitely a concern when there's not enough weapons. But Mike Davis pulls in a lot of, of, of attention, he will, from a PPR standpoint. You're going to have to worry about where he's at on the field because um, he can pull in a football. Uh, Kyle Pitts can pull in a football, I hear. Uh, so I think Julio leaving's fine. I think Calvin really becomes, in a lot of people's minds, he'll become number three wide receiver heading into 2021. Calvin really will become a first-round pick if Julio Jones gets traded. So get ready to overpay for Ridley. And you know who who's... You know who's had him the entire time? People like us on the show here. We drafted him over and over and over in steel territory. But now everybody's going to be talking about him. Everybody's going to be like Ridley this, Ridley that. Even if Julio doesn't leave, people are going to be thinking about Ridley, talking about Ridley, looking up Ridley stats, looking up Ridley um, you know, data, looking at Ridley footage. And Ridley's going to go from right now in the 18-ish range on average to like 13 or 14. And it sucks. It sucks that Justin Jefferson's going to gain value in the coming weeks. It sucks that Ridley will gain value in the coming weeks and months. It sucks that C.D. Lamb's going to gain value. That's why I promote everybody draft in January. So you can draft all the sleepers we're talking about early on before they rise in ADP. <laughs> do, do your redrafts in, in January, okay? Take advantage of it. But best ball, we're going to do a lot of best ball. Arizona has been approved for, for gaming, baby. Yeah, Arizona doing the right thing. So your boy Smitty is going to be best ball in the hell out of a bunch of best ball drafts in the coming weeks uh, and months. So get ready to best ball our way into July and August and hopefully June, but definitely July and August. Julio to the Chiefs, that won't happen. Really already top 10, I thought. Really top 10 overall. No, his ADP is at 18. 
Man, I miss the days of Julio being a definite wide receiver one, says Brendan. Hurts or Tua? Hurts by a mile. Man, I'll miss the second. Man will miss half of the season with a paper cut. Who are you talking about? No. Ridley's a top five wide receiver, Matt. Top one to five. Like, I will say, I don't even want to disrespect him and say top five. He's a top one to five wide receiver. Ridley was a top, he was the number one wide receiver for a string of games. So when people talk about him being top five, they need to put some damn respect on the man's name and call him top one to five. When a guy's capable of being the number one wide receiver and has even proved it for a string of games, you must include the one to five and not just call him top five. Uh, next question before the security guard kicks me out of here. <laughs> Finally, AZ enters the game, baby. All right, Smitty, got to head out. Always awesome to join you on the stream. I appreciate you guys. My night crew, I try and do I not try and take care of you guys? My night crew, I know that you guys can't always see the day show. I do hope that you watch the replay. I really do hope you give the replay a full dose of your time and you give it the proper attention that it needs, my Tuesday, Thursday show, which is now moving to 5 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. We're going to try two hours for right now. I might move it back to three hours once we get closer to the year. But I want to make sure I, I don't neglect the nighttime lives, the mock drafts that, that, that haven't been happening the last week or two. So I'm going to go from – and plus, 4, four o'clock is a weird time. I thought I could capture a lot of people – while they're still at work, you know, listening and, and watching or whatever. But we're going to go to 5. We're going to go to 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays, live every Tuesday and Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. I took today off because I had a lot of things I had to, to, to plan for that couldn't be moved um, that were kind of on my docket. Uh, but we're going back to, you know, every single Tuesday and Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. every Tuesday and Thursday. And I know you guys can't watch it every time, so I do appreciate the replays. It helps the show when you do comment, thumbs up the video, and and comment and ask a question, get that get that algorithm cooking. Um, but I do try and take care of my night people. Is the pizza place open? They're closed right now. I'm standing right in front of it. Otherwise, I'd go in for a pizza pie. I definitely would. Somebody, let's raise uh, Lavisca Chenault's ADP. Tell all your viewers. Matt wants you to draft LaVisca Chanel. Why? Because you want Chark to, to fall? A.J. Brown versus D.K. this season, bro. It could go either way. I love both of them. Call it a tie. I love both. Smitty, uh, D.K. Matt Mahomes first round. No. Take, no. Uh, Tato. Tato Poe. No, bro. Mahomes. You don't take Mahomes in the first round. Crazy. In a super flex. Yeah. All right, Smitty. Got to head out. Oh, I already saw that one. See you, Brendan. I think I'm I think I'm out of here too. I gotta go run. Terry McLaurin eats this season. Mm, I think so. I think Fitzpatrick knows how to feed the man. Fitzy boy is gonna give him give him a full course meal on a regular basis. Fitzy boy. I love Fitzpatrick in, in Washington. I hope he stays healthy. Fitzy's only made to play ten games though. That's what worries me. But Heineke might come in and ball. I think we might be okay. But Terry McLaurin Definitely has a lot of upside to be a low-end wide receiver one in 2021. Um, I'll leave you with this. Make sure you know that you can order my text service and text me on demand at heysmitty.com. Text me, okay? 
let's talk about whatever you want. You can yell at me. You can ask me for a, a recipe, a Netflix recommendation. Hey, Smitty, let's cook up a trade. Okay, let's get a trade. Here's my roster. Okay, go get me a player. Tell me what I need to do, Smitty. And I'll tell you. Um, so heysmitty.com is how you order my on-demand tech service. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate you. And then don't forget my show drops tomorrow on the YouTube channel. The league winners looking at ADP. Who wins you a league in 2021 based on their ADP? I break all that down and more. The Fantasy Football Show ends now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty!